Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, September 7th. Happy Labor Day, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Game week for the Super Bowl champion Chiefs has arrived. On Thursday, they'll take on the Houston Texans, a team they split with last season with both games at Arrowhead. Both games involved big comebacks. Back in October, the Texans won 31-24 after trailing 17-3. A big moment in that game was a Houston strip sack and fumble by Patrick Mahomes that led to a short field touchdown just before halftime. The Chiefs avenged that outcome in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs, amazingly overcoming a 24-0 first-half deficit to win going away 51-31. Thursday's game matches the two highest-paid players in the NFL with contracts by Mahomes and Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson signed in the offseason. They were both selected in the 2017 draft, and don't be surprised if we see these two match up often in big games in the future. Because it's the traditional NFL opener on Thursday, the teams have had only a few days to work with their 53-man roster. On today's show, we'll hear from Chiefs General Manager Brett Veach as he explains some of the difficult decisions required to get his roster to 53, which happened on Saturday. But, but first, we'll catch up with Mahomes, who met with the media on Sunday, a few days before he'll begin his fourth NFL season and third as a starter. So here we go with Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, I, I assume you saw uh, Deshaun and his extension. Do you get the sense that you guys will be battling, uh, not just in these sorts of games, but in really big games postseason for the next several years with the way you guys are set up on your franchises? Uh, For sure. Uh, I think you saw that with uh, uh, the last year and the year before that. You see Deshaun and the the Texans are a great football team. They have a lot of great talent around him, and he he makes a lot of big plays in big games. And so uh, kind of I think I said something to him last year at the end of the game uh, and that we're going to have these battles for a long time. And uh, two two, uh, opponents in the same uh, uh, division, I mean, same conference with AFC, so I'm sure I'll play a lot of games against them. Let's go to Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair. Hey, Patrick, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, your first game in a Chiefs uniform was a, one of these Thursday night kickoff games, and you got to see um, the, the Chiefs offense sort of in its, you know, its its full effect. I'm just wondering what your impressions were that night, and uh, is this the type of game that a player like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire might be able to take advantage of? Yeah, I mean, I think every single game you go in uh, with the mentality, especially with our offense, that someone can really go out there and have a big game. And uh, Clyde's definitely one of those guys. He's someone that uh, seems like he always plays good, uh, at least in college, he always played good. And whenever the big games came, he played better. Um, and so uh, we're going to go out there with the mentality that we're playing against a really good football team, a really good defense. We're going to try to find a way to win a football game. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Patrick. Welcome to Game Week. You have uh, you've known Deshaun for years now, um, particularly at you know quarterback camps and obviously watching each other in college. Just how exciting is it for you to know that um, the league sort of put this matchup in front of the American people as the first game this season, knowing the two of you guys, like you said, are going to be uh, competing against one another for perhaps a decade or so? Yeah, I mean it's it's very exciting to uh, be the first game of the year. Uh, all this anticipation, um, but at the same time, it's just they we're playing a football game, and I think uh, it's all the hard work that, I, that that me and Deshaun, and knowing how he works, have, have put in to, to be in this situation, to go out there with our teammates and try to, to win a football game, and so I'm just excited for the opportunity um, to go out there on a nationally televised game and get to play at Arrowhead Stadium. Go to Michelle Steele. Go ahead, Michelle. Hey, Patrick. Happy Sunday. I, I just wanted to ask about the run-it-back 
tour. How do your emotions compare week one this year compared to, to last year ahead of the season now that you've been to the mountaintop and you've got that Super Bowl ring? I'm just as excited. I promise you that. I mean, every time I get to go to the fo- uh, the football field, go to Arrowhead Stadium or whatever field we're playing at, um, and get to suit up and play for the Kansas City Chiefs, I have ultimate excitement no matter if it's preseason or if it's in the Super Bowl. So I promise you I'll have that mentality going into this first game. Let's go to Sorin Petro. Go ahead, Sorin. Uh, Patrick, uh, Coach Madison said last week that uh, if the players, and there's reports out there that the players are going to have a, a demonstration league-wide. Uh, before the games, Coach Madison said that everybody would be in unison. And uh, when I pressed him about the coaching staff, he said the coaching staff as well, whatever you guys decide to do. Number one, do you know what you're going to do? Uh, and, and is everybody, do you feel that the organization, from the top down, from Clark on, on down, is is a part of whatever it is you, the players, are going to do? Yeah, I think we uh, we have a great organization that way. Where I've, I've had talks with Clark, uh, with Mark, uh, Donovan, Coach Reed, and all, the, all these coaches and guys and uh we've had a lot of discussions and i'm sure there'll be something there'll be something fully planned we haven't exactly got the exact details on that yet but uh uh we'll do something like you said in unison something together uh to show our support for for everybody out there that that's going out there and doesn't have the platform that we have let's go to adam teicher go ahead adam hey pat um it's one of the leaders on the team just wanted to get your sense um are, are guys done looking back i mean between banner raisings and ring ceremonies and all that i mean do you feel like guys are focused where they need to be right now i i think so i mean uh we're in game week now everybody's ready to go uh you can feel the intensity you can feel that mentality i think everybody's uh at the point now we're just ready to play football again i mean we had that great year last year but that's last year we're a brand new football team uh texas are a brand new football team we're gonna go out there and get to compete against one of the best in the first week go to pete sweeney go ahead pete Hey, Pat, uh, oddly enough, uh, with no preseason game, the last time we saw you in a game setting was the Super Bowl. So uh, just through training camp and through the offseason and whatnot, where do you feel like maybe you've been able to improve and, and will be able to display on Thursday night? I think uh, you're just going to see me being able to make adjustments quickly. I mean, going into a game like this, uh, obviously we played Texans at the end of last year, but they have a whole offseason to prepare, especially for us being that first game. Um, so you, you don't know what to expect all the way. I mean, you have to try to expect the unexpected. And that's what we're going to try to do and have game plans for everything. And I'm going to try to make those adjustments as quickly as possible so we can get off to a fast start, hopefully. Let's go to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Patrick. Um, you know, you've done an admirable thing by embracing the platform you have. But, I, but I'm, I'm curious if, if any part of that is heavy, um, just emotionally, in terms of whether you're, you get concerned about alienating some people or, or you just can cruise through with your conscience and just go that way i think it i think it's just having the right people around me uh, i think i have a lot of great people around me that, that believe in me and are, are going to listen to me and my beliefs no matter what they are and so i'm just going to trust in those people and i always if i have the respect of those people i think I, i'll be good with anything else that uh, going on in the world we've got time for a couple more here guys let's go matt and then steve go ahead matt hey patrick you know you talked about just as far as getting ready for a game like this and without there being any preseason games to go off with Houston, um, you have two games last year. What did you really learn from that first game to the second game that helped you guys? And when you have that kind of a situation where you go back and you look at a game that you won versus a game that you lost, how much more do you look at that game that you lost on film to apply for this year? 
I think you look at everything. Uh, you look uh, you look at everything that they've done last season and even years past that they've played against us, and you try to formulate a game plan. Um, but uh, I think you see some differences between the first game and the second game we played them last year. So we just executed on the opportunities that we do have. Uh, when you play a good defense like this, uh, there, there are going to be very few opportunities. So when you do have them, you have to make sure you execute. And I think that's what you saw in the playoffs is guys started stepping up, making big plays in the right when their opportunity came. Um, and so I'm just excited for the opportunity to go out there again play against a great defense and try to find a way to win. Let's go to Steve Walls to close this out. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Patrick, how's it going? You good. Hey, with everything that's happened uh, in the offseason and what it took for not only your team, but all the teams across the league to get to this point to be able to play games, I'm just curious, what would that first snap be like on Thursday night? Um, I know some athletes use a technique of closing their eyes and try to simulate, you know, game-like situations in their head, but uh, have you been able to do that at all or, or were you planning to do that? I've always done uh, the visualization, visualization part of it, and really just so like thinking about the game before uh, you play it and do that different type of stuff. I've done that since I was at a little age. Um, but at the same time, I'm just gonna go out there and embrace the moment. I mean that we're in that we're having this opportunity to play, uh, that we're getting to go out there with the, uh, our brothers and play the sport that we love because you didn't know if it was gonna happen. And so I'm excited for the opportunity uh, to get out there, to be on the field, and uh, get to play the game that I love. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Well, I appreciate you guys for uh, for joining uh, me today. Uh, it's always a bittersweet time of year on one end. You know, we're certainly excited about uh, kickoff on Thursday night. Uh, and on the other end, you have to go through a weekend of uh, making some tough roster decisions and calls with players that uh, we certainly uh, appreciate the hard work that they've put in. And, and again, there were, there were some tough calls. Uh, before we start, I do want to thank, thank my staff. I've said this countless times. That I'm very blessed to have uh, one of the best personnel staffs in the NFL. And, and although it was a little different and unique not watching pro tapes the last uh, few weeks, uh, we certainly got – um, some good dialogue in yesterday in regards to how we can continue to make this roster better throughout the season. And also want to make sure I thank the coaches for the work that they've done in the offseason with the, with the unique offseason and not having uh, the players here physically, but you know just doing a great job with this, with this rookie class and getting them up to speed and getting them ready to roll. Uh, and hopefully all these guys play a, a big part in opening night. And, and lastly, just uh, again, uh, Rick Burkholder and his staff, uh, I think the results have been phenomenal, as everyone knows so far. And, and, and look, we know we have a long way to go. And all the things that we've worked 
so hard on um, in our facility and throughout the league in regards to keeping players safe and healthy. Uh, certainly proven to work. Now we just can't relax. We, we have to just maintain these protocols throughout the season. But Rick has just done a phenomenal job of educating us, coaching us up, and, and making sure our guys and our coaches and our staff are following through with all the medical um, you know, uh, requirements that, that we need to stay um, or we need to adhere to. So, uh, again, thanks to, to the personnel staff, the medical staff, uh, my personnel staff, uh, the whole crew. And uh, with that, take your questions. Let's go to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Brad. How are you? Good, Sam. How you doing? Good. Um, you guys have had some success in the draft in these last three years, but but with Breland Speaks, can you pinpoint why the development didn't quite work out there and what went into the decision yesterday not to keep them? Well, yeah, I mean, that was certainly a, a unique scenario where uh, of all the positions in it, yeah, I certainly think we have a, a very good roster, talented roster. Uh, that defense line position is probably our deepest position. Um, you know, with, with Breland, uh, different scheme when we got here. And, uh, you know, I, th- I thought he and our staff really thought his rookie year did some things that you can really lay a foundation on. And, uh, you know, we all know that he came in a little out of shape the, the next year, and, and then he had the injury. So uh, I think when you get behind the eight ball in professional football, it's tough. And then when you get behind the eight ball on a roster with a deep defensive line, it's even tougher. Uh, we'll say this credit to the kid. He did come in in shape and, and, and worked hard to get that, that weight off. Uh, again, he was just up against a, a very deep and talented defensive line class and in, in, in our our staff and uh, both coaching and personnel staff. And we were always committed to doing what's what we feel is best for the team and playing the best players. And, and, and the guys that were on our active roster, we felt that day by day and the way they graded out, that they just performed better and they deserve to be on the team. Let's go to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, hey Brett, good morning. You mentioned wanting to, to make the roster better as, as the season goes on. And yesterday at the deadline, uh, the league-wide deadline, you had some intriguing names out there from Lamar Miller, Clowney, uh, Devonta Freeman, Adrian Peterson, Sidney Jones. How much does the, the protocols as far as COVID testing and then even the Thursday night game affect how you approach free agency this first weekend? And Brad, I'll probably have a follow-up to that. Yeah, that's a really good question, and we even talked about some of these guys that we're identifying for, for the practice squad, not even having them here. Um, as you mentioned, Herbie, these guys will have to go through, I believe, two days of, of testing, and, and once these guys clear waivers, if, if they're on the street, then it's going to be three days. So it, it certainly puts us in a bind where, um, you know, the guys that you want to bring in, um, either on the active or practice squad, there's going to be a delay in that. Uh, I would say to answer your question, I've, all that goes into play, certainly the delay in regards to when we can get them. I think the one good thing, and we've talked about this yesterday, was having a Thursday game will help us moving forward. So uh, we'll be able to utilize those two or three days of, of COVID testing with the extended weekend. So that will be a benefit having a Thursday practice to be able to kind of recalibrate our roster uh, both active and practice squad, knowing that we can get guys in over the weekend and knock the tests out. But I would say it all comes into play, uh, the contract, um, injury, history, uh, and then the COVID testing, as you mentioned. Yeah, and, and Brett, here's the follow-up. I'm glad you touched on that, Brett, because last year you were able to bring in guys like Mike Pinnell, Wisniewski, uh, Damone Harris, even Suggs late in the season. How much do you think um, the COVID protocols will limit what you will be able to try to do during the season? I don't know if if it will limit um, to the extent of not doing things. It will just delay their ability to get on the field and help us as quickly. Um, I, I think that's the big thing. I think when there's a need, um, you know, unless the need 
uh, or the injury or the scenario that you encounter is only a, a one week or two week injury. I mean, when you talk about some of the moves we made, I mean, we had like on the offense line, we had guys that like rank and miss the season. We had guys like, you know, Ogba, um, Okafor missed the season. So um, you're still going to have to make those moves. Uh, unfortunately, you know, for us and, and for really all teams, there's going to be a delay in regards to how quickly those guys can get acclimated and get on the field. Let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Brad, how you today? Good, Adam. How you doing? Hey, um, one question about Breland Speaks and one on another subject. First on Speaks, you know, he came in, as you mentioned, he played a different position. And last year he missed all year because of the injury. And then this year with the shortened um, camp and no preseason games, did, was there any thought among you or your staff that maybe you didn't give him a fair chance? And, Brad, I'll have one more thing to follow up. Well, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, to your to your question, Adam, um, guys certainly um, handle rehab situations differently and how they come back. Um, everyone kind of uh, progresses at, at different rates. And, I, and listen, without having any medical documentation in front of me, I would say that bigger people, uh, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, are probably a little bit slower to come back in regards to skill players, running backs, receivers. Sure. Uh, safeties, what have you. Um, but, but you know, again, you go back to uh, the, the scenario in which we were in. Um, he, he did come back into camp and, and lost weight and was healthy and was able to practice um, throughout the course of the preseason. And, um, you know, he worked hard to, to put himself in that position. So um, when guys are ready to go, uh, we, we defer to the medical uh, expertise of, of our staff and, and we let him go out there and compete and see how everything shakes out. Um, again, it certainly did put him behind the eight ball in that regard. Not having a year of football is, again, certainly going to be tough. And then when you throw in the factor of having, you know, Clark and Tano and Okafor, um, you know, Taco had a good camp, obviously he made the roster, and, and Mike Dana had a really good camp. So um, it was just one of those scenarios for him where, you know, having the year off, um, having to go through a lengthy rehab process and, and going out there competing against a deep defensive line was – um, was a tough ask, and, and you know, he, he competed his tail off, and, and um, I'm sure he'll, he'll learn a lot from this experience here, and, and it'll help him in the future. And I'm sorry, your second question was? Um, cornerback. Um, I, I thought because of Bashad Breland's suspension, maybe you guys would have made a move for a veteran guy like you have the last couple of years, but, uh, but you didn't, although I know you still could. But it certainly looks at this point like um, the guys you have on the roster right now will be the guys you go with, at least against Houston. So I just wondered what you saw from guys like Fenton and Hamilton and Sneed during camp the last month or so that leads you to be pretty confident they'll, they'll hold up well. Yeah, well, we were certainly encouraged by the way these guys played. Um, and Adam, most of you guys have seen these guys kind of grow and develop. And, and I, I would say to your question that we, we – obviously always keep open dialogue and we're always looking to improve our roster. And that was probably something on our mind early on in camp. And as camp progressed and these guys really start to make some big movements in regards to their development, um, we became encouraged. Now, um, 
you know, with, with Bashad Breeland being out four weeks, uh, we're all aware there could be some, some growing pains and, and um, some lumps along the way. Think back to Charverius Ward when uh, he was kind of forcing the action his rookie year. Um, and, and, you know, he learned a lot in that Seattle game. They kind of uh, attacked him. But he, he you know, continued to, to grow and develop. And then he's that Colts playoff game, you know, he, he built on that. And he continues to grow and develop into, you know, one of the better corners out there. So uh, I think we're kind of looking at it in regards to that growth and maturation process with these guys where we've seen it already in camp with guys like Snead, Fenton in his second year. Uh, Keys was out there a little late. Hamilton we just got. But these guys have gotten better and better every week. And knowing the scheme and being in the Zoom meetings all off season and knowing what our coaches are asking them, um, that's going to be hard to replicate um, in, in a short amount of time. Uh, we'll always continue to look what's out there and, and if we can get better and how we can get better. But um, we feel like, you know, we have some, some good young corners. And, and, and again, it, it, there'll be some learning and growth early on. But um, with, with Ward being an established corner and Sneed um, and Keys, you know, we feel like those, those guys are, are, are going to be pretty good players. And we're excited about Hamilton, what he can do in all phases of the game. So um, we'll continue to, to monitor that situation. But I, I think we're happy with the competition and the talent right now. Let's go to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Brett. So we've talked a lot about the continuity on this team over the entire offseason. But some of the additions that you've made in free agency, the draft, you've had a chance to watch them in camp now. What excites you about those guys that have enhanced this roster now going into the season? Well, I mean, anytime you get a chance to, to add new talent and, and create more competition is always exciting. And I think the um, – the guys we were able to bring in for agency, you know, have done that. They've added depth and, and competition to this locker room. And Mike Remmers has had a chance to, to bounce around at, at guard and tackle. Um, you know, Hamilton, as we just mentioned, he's a guy that I know Dave Tobe's excited about on special teams. And, and he's kind of um, bounced around from, from outside to inside to some safety. So we're excited about his versatility. And, you know, this rookie class, you know, we're, we're certainly excited about it. I think that there's a good chance that really all these rookies, um, you know, have a chance to go out there on, on Thursday night and, and really help us from, from Clyde to uh, Willie Gay, LJ, I think Mike Dana. Um, there's been, you know, the, the Tashawn Wharton we, we've talked about, Tommy Towson. So it's just exciting to um, uh, to usher in some some new talent and, and know that these guys are going to have lasting impacts on this organization and do some great things for us. So they all, anytime you bring in new talent, whether they're free agents or draft picks, they Everyone brings their own little unique energy to the building. So it's just been fun watching these guys provide that to this locker room. Good to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Brett. I was curious about the running back room. I, I know Clyde's the guy. We've talked a lot about Clyde. Um, what have you seen in Daryl to sort of make him emerge there? And then why Darwin uh, over DeAndre? Well, I would say with Daryl, hitting Daryl first, he's one of those guys that um, – he, he's been here for such a long time, and there's a lot of trust in regards to his ability uh, in all phases of the game, running and blocking, in particular pass pro, too. I mean, he's he's really good in pass pro. He's taught Clyde a lot. Certainly, all, we're all excited about Clyde. We know what he can do, and, and he'll continue to learn and grow. And, and, you know, we think certainly he has a extremely high ceiling. Um, and Darwin was a guy that really had the upper hand and, and held on to it, uh, having been here a year having gone through a Super Bowl run with us, being a contributor on special teams. Um, you know, he got some stiff competition from DeAndre, but he was able to, to answer the call. 
and and hold on to that position. It was that was a close battle, but uh, give give Darwin a lot of credit for coming into work every day and staying focused on the on the task at hand. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, as the waiver wire comes out here at some point, we'd like to potentially get DeAndre back if we can and, and, you know, get him in the mix here because we think he's a good player. But again, a lot of the credit goes to Darwin and his ability to kind of just come in every day and, and not get distracted and, and hold on to that job. We've got time for a few more guys. We'll go right down the line. Let's go Harold, Matt, and then Nate. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Brett. Hey, Harold. Um, I just want to talk about the undrafted free agents you got. You mentioned Breland, but Give some credit to Treshawn Wharton here. Uh, you know, how the, the process of finding him, I'm sure, being a UDFA, but then how impressed were you over the course of the camp that he got progressed to the point where you feel very comfortable with him on a 53-man roster and also the other Mizzou guy, uh, Sir Durant, on offensive line, just the local guys and how you're confident on their abilities to 53-man roster. Yeah, and Wharton's been a great story. Uh, yeah, he, he, going through the process here, he, he certainly jumped out for us as a staff at the East-West game, he had a chance to go down there and uh, compete and, and watching the drill work and watch him in the game. We certainly thought he was intriguing. And then when you go back and watch his college tape, it was a little bit choppy. And then you kind of do some more digging and homework and you realize he was battling through a high ankle sprain and, and he wasn't quite right the whole season. Um, and fortunately for us, after the, you know, the draft was over, we were able to sign him and, really the first day that we had players in the building just going out there and, and watching group work, he just kind of stood out. I mean, he was really twitchy, athletic, um, worked his tail off. So then the next question is, all right, we'll wait till we put the pads on. And and he kind of carried that over and was able to, to make plays. And then it was like, all right, well, what, let's see how he does against better competition. You know, he's doing this against the threes. So let's put him up there versus the twos and the ones. And I mean, the kid just found a way to make plays and continue to get better and, and, you know, just answer the bell at each step. So whether it was from not being drafted to looking good in drill work but not knowing how that was going to translate to with the pads on to the running good and against the threes, but let's see how he does against the twos to the ones. I mean, he just kind of answered the bell and flashed at every step of the way and, and you know, credit to, to Brendan Daly for, for his excellent coaching job and, and continue to teach him and, and get more out of him and he'll be another guy that the, the next question will be okay can he do it in a real game now against uh, a team that is you know schematically doing things to um to put these guys into you know uh, unfavorable positions so um you know that'll be the next challenge and but again knowing that this kid has been here for such a long time now and he's he's worked hard he's been very dedicated uh pro on and off the field and attacks every day we're, we're excited about him and then you know with uh with Yasir Durant, I mean, he was a guy that, you know, we were, again, very fortunate to get him as a free agent, and he's got some versatility in his game, uh, can play tackle, can play guard. Still a long way to go with him in regards to, you know, just knowing exactly um, the ins and out of all the checks and, and, and different uh, adjustments that our offensive line um, makes throughout the course of the game. Um, but he's come he's come a long way as well, and he continues to grow and develop. But like all these young guys, they're just going to have to continue to work because you know we're going to put an emphasis on on bringing new guys in at every phase and, and up the ante in regards to competition. But so far, these young guys have done a great job of working through what's been a really unique off season um, and handling that adversity and responding and earning spots on a, on a talented roster. Let's go to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Brett, following up a bit on uh, what Herbie asked about some of the changes with COVID-19 protocols, um, you're going to have be able to have larger and more experienced practice squads. You're going to have the advantage of being able to bring up practice squad guy players on game day. 
I'm just curious about what you think about the new rules and how you might be able to use them to your advantage, especially when, you know, having like a guy like Matt Moore on the practice squad, maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a a fluid situation and hopefully one that everyone is kind of working through is, you know, you know, an outbreak. So hopefully we don't have that situation, but I think the flexibility to bring guys up for the game and then potentially bring them down, I think it, it, it's a really good thing for, for teams to not pin themselves in, in awkward situations with players and contracts and, and exposing them to waiver wires. So it, it'll be, you know, uh, I think a collective effort in regards to just utilizing all of the modifications in place uh, to our advantage. And it'll certainly be on a week to week basis. But, you know, I think the flexibility of bringing guys up and then down for a certain amount of weeks is something that, you know, we don't have to subject guys to waiver wires. And we know that. Um, you know, we can put people in, in, in better positions in regards to if they need an additional week off and, and not have to try to, you know, squeeze extra games out of guys. So that in regards to keeping veteran players on the roster, I think is a big deal too, where we have chances and opportunities for guys to continue to grow and develop and, and, and play them when we feel like they're mentally uh, and physically ready. So I think it, it also helps, I think, from a long-term growth and, and, and maturation process there too. But I think it'll all be determined by the environment, um, both injury-related and pandemic potentially related. And, you know, we'll certainly work and massage those rules the best we can and, and, and um, you know, put our players in as best positions as possible. Let's go to Nate Taylor to close this out. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Brad. wanted to ask you about the receiving group. Uh, every year it's sort of a, a difficult task to get that number down to where you want it. Just what was the overall decisions and obviously the return of Marcus Kemp to the roster. And then secondly, you're known as somebody who makes uh, deals or tries to make deals kind of around this time. Uh, just how much did the offseason, no preseason games, and obviously the, the pandemic play into a factor in terms of trying to find some level of negotiation and not getting a deal done? Well, I'll answer that first uh, question right off the bat. Uh, it was extremely unique. I think that the last few off seasons, and I had just, uh, I was talking to, to Matt Nagy last night uh, on my drive home. Uh, the first two off seasons, I would say by, uh, you know, two or three days before the cutdown day, I, I think I've heard from, you know, 10 to 12 to 14 teams um, as of yesterday at the cutdown day, I heard from one team and I think it's just the lack of tape. And even if you think, you know, a guy not seeing him for a full calendar year, it's very tough. And, you know, where's he at injury wise? How's he playing? Did he regress? Did he improve? Um, so it's hard when you haven't had these guys, um, and there's still that aspect of still getting to know some of your young guys because you haven't had them. Um, for the OTAs or the rookie camps. And then, uh, again, just getting to, to a point where you feel confident in your roster and where you are, it's a big unknown to potentially make a deal or trade for someone that you haven't seen in over a year or you're just basing it off of college tape. So um, I think the fact that I got only one call was surprising. But then when you look, as you mentioned, Nate, of the lack of trades deals, I, I think every team was uh, – going through that same type of scenario where the unknown is just with what we're going through and then the, the testing and having to put guys into a two- or three-day hold was um, – was they were all big obstacles to overcome. As far as receivers, uh, you know, it, listen, it's a tough room. Um, there was a lot of talk about potentially just keeping five. 
uh, going back and forth with some other positions. Uh, everyone knows that Tyreek and Sammy and McCole and D-Rob are, are, are just legit players. And, and then Pringle, with the job he did last year, I think he kind of stood out on that fifth spot because he's a guy that continues to grow and, get, and gets better. But it always comes down to special teams. And I know you guys know that Dave talked about Marcus Kemp and the job that he did, and he was one of our better special teams performers before he got hurt. Uh, he came back, credit to the kid. I mean, the kid worked his tail off. We signed the kid um, a week into the start of camp, not knowing what type of condition he was in and and how he responded after all that rehab process. But uh, he came back. He got acclimated very quickly. He showed that he did all the work on his own, and he was able to quickly get up to speed. And he's one of those guys that, you know, we put a high priority on special teams, and we know how valuable that is. And, and he was a guy that certainly – Dave was high on and has been high on, and, and we always talk about those tail end roster spots uh, to get on this team uh, and to fill out those depth little positions. you got to play on teams, and he's a guy that does that really well. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Wells, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Links to stories about the Chiefs can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There's more than 50 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.